Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. In Romans 13 and verse number 10, I will begin uh, to read. And um, I want, I'm going to read this out of the King James, and then I want to go to the Message Bible. Okay, verse number 10. Love works no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. You know, before we look into God arousing and awakening his people, it says here that love it's really important. It's paramount to being awake and have, uh, you know, a stirring in the spirit. Let's look at the message Bible with this scripture now. Don't take what isn't yours. Don't always be wanting what you don't have and any other don't you can think of. Finally adds up to this. Love other people as well as you do yourself. Now, you know, it, we love ourselves, don't we? We take care of ourselves. We lavish things on ourselves. And so he said, love others the same way that you love yourself. You can't go wrong when you love others. Now, you want to make a mistake? It's when you don't love others. And you want to do things right? It's when you love other people. When you add up everything in the law code, the sum total is love. And so what I want to say to you tonight at the beginning of receiving anything from the Lord, uh, receiving a moving, a stirring, an outpouring, there needs to be an outpouring of love that precedes that. Now, I really believe that. We live in a world that is full of hatred and violence and uh, meanness, I've never seen anything like it. Uh, you know, if you if you get on uh, YouTube and you watch something and then afterwards, you know, there's uh, opportunity for people to make comments. I've never, I mean, such mean things that people say. And, and you know, that's exactly the opposite of the way that God is and the way that God in us is. See, every one of us, we have God abiding in us. Isn't that right? He abides in us. He lives in us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So if God lives in us, guess what? Love lives in us too. But many times we're not allowing love to flow out of our lives. And it can be in your family. You know, you, you can get in a habit with your family, with those that you love, your spouse, your children, of just being kind of snarly and hateful and short. And that's not the love of God. you got to practice it everywhere. You practice it and you live love everywhere, even with those that are the closest to you. Now, we're going to mess up and we're going to make each other mad in a family. That's a given. It happens. And we're going to, you know, say things to one another and have to repent. And, you know, that's just the way it is. But 
You don't live that way, or we shouldn't live that way. So you start at home, and you practice at home the love of God, and then everybody you come in contact with, the people, the person at work that you know you dislike the most, that really agitates you, that really rubs you the wrong way, we need to allow the love of God to come forward. What makes people like that? What makes them to where they rub everybody the wrong way, and nobody likes to be around them. It's because probably they're hurt. It's because probably a lot of things are going on. They could feel rejected. And so they act in a way that makes people reject them more. So when you come on the scene and you allow love to flow out of your life and be a person of love and that demonstrates and manifests the love of God, it's going to change everything. It will change the atmosphere in your workplace. It will if we are people of love. So I wanted to set up before I read, that's not my main point, but I think it's it's very, very important. Now, um, I'm going uh, to read out of the Message Bible, Romans 13, 11 through 14, okay? All right. It says, don't get absorbed and exhausted in taking care of all your day-to-day obligations that you lose track of time and doze off oblivious to God. And, you know, when you, you read in here in the uh, King James, he, he talks about awaking, awaking out of sleep. And so that's what it's talking about here. We get absorbed in, uh, and exhausted, if you will, in all the cares of life. Now, all of you all, even men, now if you don't do a lot in the kitchen, you know if you have a spill in the kitchen, you, you know, you rip off a paper towel or two, and what do you do? Lay it on there, clean it up. What does it do? It just just absorbs it all. Well, that's the way our lives are if we don't do something to counteract the cares of life. You know, we just absorb it. We just take in all of that, and we get exhausted, and we get worn down. But I'm going to tell you, this last day outpouring of the Holy Spirit, we are going to be a people that don't absorb the cares, but we absorb the Spirit of God. We absorb the Word of God. We absorb the things of the Spirit that pulls us into a dimension that is outside of normal daily cares that will wear you down and exhaust you. And then it says, the night is about over. Dawn is about to break. Be up and awake to what God is doing. See, I think, and I'm not trying to be judgmental, but I, you know, it doesn't take a lot of discernment to look around in our day and time and to see that God's people many times are sleeping, dozing off, and they're oblivious to what God is doing in the earth and what He wants to do in this time. And so we have to place ourselves in a position of being awake. All of us, you know, you have times and there are opportunities when you feel weaker than others, spiritual, spiritually speaking. And you have to do things to counteract that. 
And, you know, what would you do? Well, the first thing I do is I want to commune with the Lord. Lord, I'm sorry for maybe not praying and talking to you and spending time in your presence. I'm sorry that I haven't read my Bible. It's my Bible. I haven't read my Bible the way I need to because I'm going to tell you when you get in the Word, the Word gets in you and you are strengthened. And you are strengthened and you are made whole. I'm gonna, I tell you, I, th I really think this. I think a lot of the hurts and the wounds that we face in life, and it could have happened at childhood, through a bad marriage, you know, a financial a catastrophe. Any of those things can happen. But I believe if we spend time in the Word, I believe it drives that out and it heals us. I believe it heals us. And you know, see, when, when you see people, and you can see people here, and I, I don't have anybody in mind really, but over a lot of years you see this, and you see people that sit under the Word of God, and you know if they're not reading it themselves, at least when they come here, you know, there's a steady diet, if you would, a feast of the Word of God that comes forth here. And so it's enough to change people, but you don't see them changing. Now, why is that? As, as a pastor, you look at that and you have to make determinations. It's because they're not letting the Word in. Because if you let the Word in, it will shape you and mold you. Don't let the world around you shape and mold your life. Let the Word of God update your thinking and be shaped into the image of Jesus Christ. The Word of God. Now, that's a good word. God's Word changes us, and it makes us whole. But you, you do those things. You, you know, you get before the Lord when things are not the way that they need to be, and, you know, you're sluggish spiritually and that kind of thing, and then you just start and press on in again. You start and press on in again. And then you won't be exhausted and worn out and oblivious to what's going on spiritually around you. And God is trying to awake people now. I believe that. Now, verse number 11, when we read this word awake, it has to do, in the King James, it has to do with collecting one's faculties to waken, to rouse from sleep, from inactivity, and to raise up. And you know, when I hear that word raise up, I think about the resurrection. Jesus was raised up from the dead. When we go down into that watery grave, what happens? We're raised up from the dead. It's symbolic. But one day, if our body goes into the ground to be buried, we're going to be raised up. And that's what it means to be woken up. It means that we are raised up. 
We're raised up from inactivity. We're raised up from spiritual sleep. We're raised up from being oblivious to what's going on around about us. And we become engaged in life. The church needs to be praying. Isn't that what we're all about on Wednesday nights now? We see things that are going on in the world. We bring it to God, not so that we can be political. And we've been brainwashed by the media to think that the church doesn't need to get involved. We see it and we need to pray about it and we need to take it to God and God will do some things to change what's going on in this nation. I see it and it, a righteous indignation rises up in me. I will not go along with what's, and just say, well, it's just the way it's going to be. No, not in my world it's not going to be that way and I'm not going to get in agreement with it. And I don't have to be mad at everybody because I've got the love of Jesus. But when it comes to what the devil is doing in this nation and to people and even to God's people, I will not sit by and watch it. Well, I've got my business to take care of. I've, you know, I've got my family to take care of. You better be engaged because you may not have what you have now if it's left up to the devil and people that cooperate with him. Amen. This nation, they're trying to destroy it right now. They're trying to destroy the foundations that this nation was built on and tell you that it wasn't built on that. They tell so many lies, and they just say it, and they just think, oh, yeah, everybody will just believe. Well, I don't. I don't believe it. And it's not the way that it is. Amen? Now, I don't know why I got on that, but we got to pray about things. And that means that we can't be sleeping, that we have to be stirred in our spirits. And I'm going to tell you, I believe in these end times that God is going to do some things to stir up the church, that we're not going to be complacent and asleep, but we're going to be stirred to do something. Make a difference where we are in this world. We're not going to be Billy Graham. My goodness, that man. Yes. It's amazing what God did through him. Just a little humble farmer that his, his daddy allowed a group of businessmen in Charlotte to come on his farm property and pray. You know what they prayed? God, raise up a man that comes right up out of this area and use him to change the world. Think about it. And that came through prayer. And what do you think happened? Billy Graham, a farmer's son, very humble man, he loved people, no matter if they were poor and in poverty, impoverished nations. He would go into and speak with a one or five, and then he would speak to thousands, if not millions of people. Now think about it. And it all came about through somebody being stirred and being awake 
and praying and seeking God. Is, and that's what we're doing. Who knows what's going to come out of Knoxville, Tennessee? Who knows? I mean, we may be in heaven, but, you know, if, if Jesus tarries, and, but there's some things happening. You know, my faith doesn't die when I die. How about you? I want my faith to live on. I want my faith to be working when I'm not even on the scene. <clears throat> and, and you can do that too. It's what happened to Abraham, isn't it? We can do the same thing. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora. Pastor Nora.